Brisbane Wakes Up with Steph, Abby and Matt on B105. Hi, you've downloaded our podcast, guys. Thank you so much for your data and your time. Mm. We had a few people join us. Yes, we did. Andrew Winters. Uh-huh, Winty. Winty from Selling Houses Australia. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Peter Credlin. Mm-hmm. She I was like. a big fan of yours. Oh, no, she's I reckon just... you could go on her show. I reckon she was up for it. Well, she she interviews other people. I mm. actually would love to be a political reporter. Mm. What's stopping you? Uh, nothing. I can. I'm sorry. I'm going to be a political reporter. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, would you? You don't even really need a degree in journalism to be a reporter these days, do you? Well, I kind of basically do. I could go back and just do accounting, really, but I don't probably need that. Mm. Like I did study journalism. Mm. I did com- a double degree actually. I like to be a journalist, but like in the old days where you wore the hat and tried to find the story. You know, yeah, had the word press hanging out yeah. the top of your hat. Yeah. yeah. I got a hat tip, see? Yeah. yeah. But I think they, um, the sort of uh, journal, journalistic um, stories they followed back then were a bit lighter from That's time fine. to time. Yeah. yeah. Like someone's dropping oh, molasses lots in the of river. Scandals. Mm-hmm. Scandals. Yeah. It was just really less, less population. So you think underbelly razor, I suppose that was, you know, talking about slicing people and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm. Um, so yeah, Peter K- uh, Credlin, she joins us. Andrew Winter from Selling Houses Australia is uh, in there. And plus we find out about those things that you remember about being poor as a kid. Uh, and one guy who calls up, I'd never heard that one. Ah. Before this is mm-hmm. the one with the four sisters, mm. the way to save seven, money. Seven, seven sisters, sisters, was it? Yes. Wow. Did you not hear that? Yeah, I did. I just yeah, forgot. Seven. Yeah, yeah, I did. Like, oh, that's a lot. It's mm. all on the way. Let's get into it. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B one hundred and five. Uh, we uh, Esther and I were on the Gold Coast over the weekend. Mm. Um, uh, she had a work conference, and you know when you go to uh, someone else's sort of work drinks or whatever, and you you, you kind of just part of the conversation, you need to find how you fit in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always know, like, Esther's known you guys for a long, long time, and she's been, you know, around the radio circles for a long time, and everyone you've worked with in the past, you end up working Because you're proud of her, but she hasn't taken you to all her Correct. (laughs) Bingo. Bingo. You think you've got it. Um, It's a a medical world. It's a, you know, pharmaceuticals. They're just different than what you... Well, her whole company's in Sydney, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're all in Sydney, so they were all in town, and um, she's like, come out to dinner. I'm like, yeah, sweet. And I've known the, the girls that she works with for a long time, but... You never know how far you can push your conversation. Mm. You start, like, when you meet the parents of a new partner, you show the best version of yourself. Mm. Anyway, that went out the window real quick when one of the girls told me the most incredible story. Okay. And she swore on her children's life that it is true. Right. So when someone says that, I'm like, well, must be true. Unless they don't have kids. Good point. Mm. Good point. Um, But this does involve children. Okay. In some way. So her friend works at an IVF clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyone a knows... Friend of a friend <laughs> yeah, yeah, this okay, is a friend of a friend right. story. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she was saying that um, they had a couple come in who had been recently married, and for the first year of their marriage, they were in their 20s, they were trying to get pregnant. Um, but it wasn't working for them, and they were quite distraught by it, so they went through IVF. Now, mm. that's a very hard thing for many couples to go through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think when you're especially young, mm-hmm. it would be even tougher, you know, because you don't expect that you're going to have issues. Um, and there's a sort of a checklist that they work through with them to just ensure that, you know, do they drink, do they smoke, mm. all that kind of stuff. 
And and I didn't even realise that they do this, but they even sort of ask questions around how it is that they're trying to make the baby. Right. Mm. And they ask, yeah. So it must it must be really hard when you're going through IVF because you've got to be so personal about it. Um, and this young couple had um, been adventuring down the wrong track. Right. Their entire marriage. Really? Well, that's what I said. I went, I, I'm not sure I believe this story. Mm. And she was like, no, no, no. My friend swears that she was like, they're like, yep. We, and th- this is how we've been doing it. This is, we went, we went left instead of right. Mm. And so I'll cut out the friend of a friend story because okay. my actual friend works at an IVF clinic Yeah, and said it happens more than you realize. Really? And not just that. Has anyone seen um, Bridgerton? Yeah. Well, yeah. Aware of have it. you seen the, <laughs> sorry, I gotta be careful how he doesn't want to have children yeah. and she has no idea. Apparently that's common as well. Right. right. Well, this so is, it's just more that some people somewhere have missed the birds and the bees. But see, I've still even just in a, in a mixing it up kind of thing. You would think you'd do something yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no, you would no, think sorry. on his birthday, she'd be like, do you want to, yeah. do you want to try the other road? Um, but yeah. And then the conversation went to, he knew. I don't like it. He he knew. You've got to remember, like, uh, my friend was saying that it's also to do with different cultures as well, because we have sex education at school. Mm. So that's why she's saying, but there's a lot of people that have come from different cultures Mm. that don't have sex education, Mm. and it's not talked about freely Mm. in their culture. So she said that's when it comes about issues. And even to the point where if she's talking about them, like, we don't talk about that. She's like... No, I need to talk about it. And they're mm. like, no, we don't. Well, they're some- like, what would you like us to do? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, there's one guy that complained about the adult material in a room. Uh, wasn't good enough for him. No, He it was thought there. it was inappropriate. Yeah. And they're like, oh. um, <laughs> okay. Can no you worries. grab me a TV guide? <laughs> that's usually, or a woman's day, that's where I go. <laughs> but I couldn't believe this. I was like, could you imagine sitting down with a complete stranger and this is when you learn for the first time. Mm. Then they go away within the month. Of course. Bang. Yeah. Pregnant. Mm. They're like, whoa. Yeah. You are a really good fertility. Center. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That'll be $6,000. Thank you very much. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Many upper class people will be like, that isn't normal. Lessons you learn growing up poor. Now, I have been blessed very much in my adult life um, financially differently to the way we grew up. Mm. Growing up, you know, mum and dad, I remember them fighting over money all the time. Mm. All the time there was arguments um, because you go to the shop, mum would tap the card to buy something and it was always, is that going to work? Mm. Is it not going to work? And they'd be like, well, why are you tapping the card? You have to swipe it. It's not 2020. Yeah, it's not tapping. There was no tapping. It was it was inserting into the ATM machine. <laughs> oh, how we forget. Hey? You yeah. still say wind down the window, though, yeah. even though yeah. it's like... Yeah, <laughs> correct. So I remember that, that stress that that was always over us, over our family and stuff like that. Did your and- mum used to work growing up as well or was it just your dad? Both worked, yeah. yeah. Mum was um, always worked in pubs as a uh, as a chef, and she mm. would work ten till two. Then she would come pick us up from school, take us home. She'd get dinner ready. Dad would then come uh, home from work at five. Mum would go back in the car and then go back to work and work that night till about ten thirty. Isn't that crazy now when you think about it? Because he was a electrician, yeah. Which 
is a brilliant job these mm. days. But back in the days, trades weren't paid as much. That's exactly uh, right. So there was all these things, and I was explaining it to Xander last night because I have, yes, become my parents, and I always say to my kids, when I was your age, oh, we wow. blah, blah. Jeez, and that really you makes know? them appreciate what they've got <laughs> when they're like, you know what? I'm just going to sit here with my own iPad yeah. and ignore Shut you. Shut up, Dad. I can't. I'm talking to my friends. I'm... On Fortnite. Go to your room. Fine, um, my TV's in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And I and I always try to explain to my kids how lucky they are. And I don't mind that my kids have a lot because Esther and I, we've worked really hard as well. Esther, you know, she grew up with holes in the side of the wall of the house that she grew up in because her dad started renovating, never finished, and covered it with a floor rug. But I was explaining to Xander last night, and it blew his mind, that we used to have pump soap that would last like almost a year Mm. and he was like how is that possible and I said because mum would decant it (laughs) she would open it up put some of it into uh, another bottle and store that and then she would fill that with water Mm. shake it up until I'm pretty sure she just continued filling it till there was just water coming out and you'd have a month of just squirting water out and pretending (laughs) and then she would go and get the other other half she decanted pour it back in Mm. Scotty and I still do that well, that's why you're so successful. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a good one. Still yeah. do it. Mm. Shampoo can go a long, long way. Mm. It's like, whatever, Dad, whatever. And then we had, um, I always remember Mum had the, the cake soap, and then she'd collect all the little yes. little soaps, and then they'd get moulded together, Into and you'd have ball. this, like, mm. ball one. I never had new clothes growing up. All of my clothes came from my older cousins. Mm where um, you would just have to wait for one of them to have a growth spurt and then their clothes would get handed down to you. Mm. So what you would see in family photos (laughs) would be one Christmas, there would be my older cousin Josh, Mm. um, who was incredibly gay Mm. and has always been. So you looked fabulous. So then the next Christmas, (laughs) there I would be in a shirt two sizes too big for me because Mm. he was uh, a few years older. Looking fabulous mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> have you seen they got um, they got shirts now that have got the um, journey tag? No, really. What? Yeah. So, so you write names or something on yeah, it? Yeah. So it's got it's got like a little path That's down so there. Cool. It's like Chris's, and then it goes. Now it's Steve's. Now it's Peter's, <laughs> oh, and it's got so listed all down. Yeah. And at, I mean, at the time when I was a kid, you know, it used to you felt embarrassed about it. You know, we had home brand everything, mm. but now that I'm older and I understand it a bit more. I'm actually quite proud of my parents and proud of those little things mm. that mm. that we used to do. And I and I quite often think, well, why would we not be doing that now? Imagine how much further ahead you would be if you still lived like that. Mm. Exactly. You know? Water it down, Maddie. Yeah. Change your life. Yeah, the, uh, concentrate. <laughs> do you guys have um juice concentrate? We weren't allowed to have bloody juice. Oh well, yeah. Too much of a trigger there. Uh, <laughs> wow. Water really? comes out of a tap. Yeah. I'm buying drinks. Yeah. <laughs> we had the one I remember we had for like ten years the one orange juice bottle that was purchased. Mm. Yeah. And then mum would buy like they were like little milk cartons for like fifty cents or something, which was concentrate, and then that would go in and uh, they'd get watered down. But we had the one bottle mm. That had been purchased from the shop that I'm sure was full of all sorts of bacteria because it, ne- like the sauce bottle, it never got washed out. Mm. It just kept getting mm. refilled. But she still got it. You know what? <laughs> probably, that's probably what I'm swigging out of her yeah. house now. Yeah. Uh, but 131060, that's what we want to know this morning. What do you remember um, saving money growing up? You know, those poor, those little poor things you remember. Uh, Emma from Springfield, you grew up poor. <laughs> 
Yeah, we didn't have mum much growing up, but um, my mum's best money saving uh, tip was, you know, when you go to school and, you know, you'd have, um, you know, countless costume, mm. you know, parades and all of those sorts of fun things. Yeah. Well, my mum's money saving tip was to always dress us up as jellyfish. We'd, um, we'd go up in, like, ripped plastic bags uh, that she'd collected around the house. Perfect. <laughs> that Every is time. genius, Emma. That is actually really good. It's pretty good, <laughs> but you'd have you know the old Franklin, so you'd have like no frills down yeah. down the side of you. So was that the only one? Like, so it'd be Easter bonnet parade, jellyfish Christmas concert, jellyfish. Always routinely a jellyfish. <laughs> it was. Uh, it's now a trigger. No, I, it's love a trigger. It. I love it. I love it. Hey, thanks for calling. Thirteen ten sixty is the number. Sarah <laughs> and Kamira. Good morning. Hey, how did you grow up poor? Well, my mum used to go to op shops and she'd pick off like hot tuna labels or billabong labels and then bring them home and sew them onto the handmade clothes that she and my grandmother made for us. So my brother would still feel like it was a bit cool when That's he'd go cool. surfing with the boys and things like that with his board shorts. That is brilliant. That were homemade. Wow. And now it's like strange, Sarah, because op shops are really cool. You know when you used yeah. to go shopping in them yeah. when they weren't? Damn you, Nick Macklemore. Now now my young adult children go and find all this cool clothes. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I could have been buying you that all your life. <laughs> no. That's, it's quite sweet, though. When you, Like, now that you're older, you can realise that's quite a beautiful thing and it's a lot of work that your mum put in. Yeah, yes, that. it was, and that's yeah, very much appreciate it now as an adult. Um, yeah. Back then, not quite so much. I don't even know why she told you. I just be like, here's the new hot tuna range. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, because it was always you know a few years old. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, Chris. Growing up poor, what do you remember, mate? So, either, like, my parents would either go and get um, like milk powder and make their own milk up. Or they'd go to the the shops where it had nearly expired products, buy bottles of milk and freeze them. Oh. Oh, yes. yes. People don't know milk can be frozen. No, yeah. yeah no, it yeah. doesn't defrost well, though. No, <laughs> wait, no. Well, you mix it with other stuff, Chris. <laughs> what is it? When it defrosts, does it all separate? Time. What does it do when uh, you defrost it? Yeah, it all separates. You have to, like, mix it together. Or if you didn't wait for it to defrost properly, you get, like... Frozen milk, like sheep type things, come out. Yeah, yeah, not a fun time. (laughs) Oh, good on you, man. Thanks for calling, Gary in Brisbane. Thank you for spending the money on the phone call. Uh, How did you grow up poor? Yeah, so first boy after seven girls, Mm. never had my own underpants. I always had girls' knickers that were um, soaked in a product called Rinse, and it would turn things blue. (laughs) And I I didn't realise until I was. um, at, at school one day in the medical line, take my pants off, yeah. have my jocks on, and the butterflies still came through. Wow. Gary, oh, is that, Gary. Uh, has that uh, made any difference in your adult life either? Has it? It hasn't because I still don't wear girls' knickers. Oh, so, I was going to say, if, you, if you're dating Gary and his yeah. underwear's matching, it wasn't your idea to have <laughs> yeah. sex that night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've gone away from butterflies and I now have trained. Oh, yeah. good for you. Oh, yeah, hey. good on you, mate. That's a call. <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. With an election looming and polls looking grim for the government, Treasurer Josh Frydenberg deliver his fourth and arguably most important budget. Budget, love. The age of entitlement is over. 
Peter Credlin. Yeah, she's the anchor of Sky News Australia. She's got uh, the campaign uncovered. A Peter Credlin investigation. It airs on Tuesday, April the fifth at eight pm. Good morning. Good morning, Abby. How are you? I'm looking forward to this investigation. I did sell it, and I hope that I've sold it correctly <laughs> as well. Now I've said it. It's it's to sort of look into the independence, maybe believing that it could be a hung parliament, and what sort of weight that they carry. Spot on, spot on. Tick. Look, I worked in politics for 16 years and, and worked, you know, behind the scenes in election campaigns uh, in all that time. And I know people are always asking me, what really goes on behind closed doors? Um, is it like West Wing? I say it's a li- little bit like West Wing and it's a little bit like Yes Minister. And <laughs> House of Cards, I, where they House kill people and push well, them in front of trains and that? <laughs> that'll come out in many years' time. Yeah, all nice. these dead bodies lying Can... around in Canberra. But I just think people are interested. We're all part of the democracy in Australia because we've got compulsory voting, mm. unlike many other countries in the world. And I think people are fascinated what happens, what techniques are used, and what this contest will be all about. So that's what uh, airs on Tuesday night. Peter, to find out what happens behind closed doors, because I'll be honest, I'm sort of on the fence at the moment. I'm sort of like, I don't like anyone. Um, and then I go, well, it's not actually the person you're voting for. It should be about the party and what their policies are. But how much does that person control it all? Like, is there all faceless men or maybe faceless women that are sort of making a lot of the decisions and they're just the, the head person? Or do they really make so many decisions that we are right to vote for the person? Look, Australia is not a presidential system, so you'll end up voting for someone in your electorate that belongs to a party and that party will choose the leader. But nonetheless, I think over the last probably 20 years, we've been focused on a more presidential look to our campaign. So people will vote for the person on Morrison's team or vote for the person on Albanese's team. You know, that, that's probably the reality. Mm. I, I like to look at policies. I mean, policies shift my vote um, and values. You won't know everything they're going to do when they're elected, but you you will decide which party suits you, suits your business, suits your family, um, that you can identify with. And I guess that's going to be the challenge um, because I think most people, a bit like you, Abby, they haven't really made up their mind. We've got a really high undecided vote that's showing up in the polls, which is why the campaign will matter. You know, that 33 days of the campaign, which I think they're going to call next weekend or at the end of next week, mm. um, it'll come down to how well they perform over the next six weeks. Let's talk uh, the big news, though, the budget that was handed down. Um, mm. Who should be excited about money they're getting? Um, can you give us Tell a... Yeah, just about everybody. Yeah, good. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. I'd like to hear that. Mm. There, there's there's uh, $6 billion of sweeteners that went out last night. Um, there's there's money for cyber spies, defence, all the things that we should be concerned about. But I think a lot of Australians, only really out of Ukraine and the constant talk about China, now understand how how sort of precarious the global situation is. There's great uh, news there if you're a motorist, not if you're an EV driver, but if you've got a combustion car, you've got some relief at the bowser for the next six months. Um, if you're low to middle income earners, if you're a pensioner, anyone on a fixed income. There is relief in one-off payments for cost of living. Um, there's money for apprentice, uh, more apprentices. Um, so if you're currently an apprentice or you're a business that thinks they might take one on, there's some support there. First home buyers, there's a really good scheme there that brings your deposit down to 5%. Mm-hmm. Um, there's money there for, for roads. There's money for other big infrastructure. There's tourism support, big deal for Brisbane, yep. uh, big deal for Queensland. Um, given how much your economy relies on tourism. Um, 
lots of things there, and I think uh, it's more a question of who didn't get anything rather than who did. <laughs> Me. I didn't get anything. Uh, don't you think, though, Peter, like, we all get excited when we're like, you know, it's cuts or the government's giving us money when really they're just distributing our money back to us that we paid with tax. Are we trying to, to please everyone? Is there going to be a concern that we're going right into the red and we're in such a deficit because we're trying to pay our way out of a recession during COVID that our kids and kids are going to be paying it back? I tell you, Abby, you should be, you should be working as a political analyst in Canberra. You're yeah. spot on the money. She You're loves it. I do love it. She I do love it. Smart. I'm going to AM um, radio soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, I hate the term government money. Um, it's not the government's money. It's our money. I don't love when they give our money back. I'd rather they just leave us with more money in our own pocket and mm. we decide what we want to spend it on. Mm. Um, but that's not the case. Um, the problem, I think, 2019 and 2022, we've had these budgets right up against election and they come become a bit of a handout selling point. Mm. It'll be interesting today. I don't imagine Labor is going to criticise the budget. No. I don't imagine there's much here that Labor will say we're unhappy with or we're going to reverse. I think they'll bank it and move on yeah. and they'll try and focus on what's coming up. You know, well, they, they might just go out. That's what we said. That's what we'll do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same. Same. We'll double it. Yeah. We'll double it. Yeah, whatever I said was double. Yeah, I always feel like these budgets feel like um, when you watch um, what people leave you when they die getting divvied out. Like it kind of, you're excited to find out if you're going to get money or not, but it also kind of feels a bit gross that you're excited for it. Well, I think we'll all be dead by the time the debt's paid off. That's yeah. Like, yeah, well, that's true. Reality about <laughs> it all is true, this. isn't it? Like, in my will, um, I shall be leaving you 26% cut on fuel. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's that's not bad. What yeah. did you get? Yeah. What are you getting? Peter, uh, have you seen... I think it's the hangover, right? It's yeah. the hangover when you go out and you've had a few... You know, glasses of champagne in my case, or beers or whatever, and you get the credit card out, and you wake up the next day, oh, you go yeah. through your receipts, and you yeah. go, "Hell, Ooh. what have I spent?" Yeah, I, that's that's the feeling for me. I, I I understand why they're doing it. Coming out of COVID, we've got an inflation issue. They want to keep us out there spending. Um, clearly, we've got job shortages. We've got issues with uh, you know employers finding staff. Those things are constraints on the economy. They want to really keep our growth and movement um, going, but. You know, it's a, it, I worry about the hangover. Mm. I worry about what's going to come when it all has to be paid back. And see, one thing people often ask me, what's it like for governments to borrow money? Well, mm. they borrow money from markets overseas and they pay interest like we all do on our mortgage. So we're paying $16 billion odd of interest at the moment. Mm. Um, a big hospital, a massive big children's um, hospital or a teaching hospital in Brisbane is about one and a half to two billion dollars. Mm. So that's eight new hospitals we could have in Australia, but we're paying interest, which is dead money, heading usually to overseas um, governments that we'll never see again. So this is why debt matters. Well, uh, Peter Cradlin, we appreciate your time this morning. We can see you on Sky News Australia as well. Um, thanks for coming on. Uh, and I look forward to Abby's new career. Thank you. Give her a job Thank on you. your panel. Put her <laughs> on yeah, your if panel. you need, I like that. Yeah, she's good. Peter she's good. and Abby taking on the big issues. Oh, man, I would love to just interview politicians all day. I could not think of anything oh. worse. <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. There's an <laughs> alien, right? Yeah, I'm in. I believe you. <laughs> That's been found on a Queensland beach. Now, a local man, and he's very calm about it, says he's walking on the beach up at Maroochydore, and he found an alien-like creature. 
Now, he has shared a photo of it, and I have to admit, it's a, a bit, I'm a bit perplexed by it. It mm. does look like a... Well, everyone's saying it's got human hands. Right. And it just makes me... Not human hands, but like claws. It can grip. It doesn't have paws. It, it doesn't have paws, so it's not like a dog. Mm. Uh, and it, it, people are now trying to identify it maybe as a, a small kangaroo. Okay. Yeah, that's what the feds would say, wouldn't they? Hard to tell because it's it's hairless. It's lost all its hair. It has, so maybe it's been floating for some time. Mm. Did it ever have hair? That's true. This is how he describes it. All right, I was just going for my morning walk on the beach, and um, I've stumbled across something weird. This is like one of those things you see when people claim that they found aliens. Look at it. How weird. look into all the strange things that have washed ashore because i mean that's when it comes from a different land <laughs> or often it can come from a ship yeah like you know cargo but imagine waking up with this and it was just around easter time as well mm-hmm. um in germany all of a sudden they woke up and there was all these colored little eggs like plastic eggs on the shoreline right right and i was so excited by it and then you open it up and there's different toys wow and you know what all the parents said what why you can't go down there because Easter Bunny's not going to come to you because you've been naughty. Oh, that's yeah. Germany for you. Was it an Easter? Was it a, a set up Easter egg hunt? Or no, no, they couldn't. They could they not explain it. People have said that it's washed ashore from a freight container, but no mm. one had reported that all these eggs had gone missing. Oh, kinder surprises and all the chocolate, chocolate. Had melted off, yeah. it, and they were just the Maybe toys from the middle. Right. In there. Maybe that's it. But all the wrapper had gone, wow. so everyone's like, who's going to report? Yeah, so the the local kids were very excited about that, which I do think it would be pretty amazing. Mm. Um, this one is in New Zealand, and a lot of people didn't report it at first. They wanted to do a bit of investigations, because you don't run to the police at the start, do you? Depends what it is. There were lots and lots of bags um, of white powder yeah. found on the shoreline, but huge bags as well, so people were very concerned about what they were, mm. and the substance was quite white, so a lot of different uh, locals were doing a bit of investigation to find out what it was. Yeah. Quick bros, sniff it before we call the cops. You know I can't mm. sniff your ghost coke bro. <laughs> <laughs> One of the greatest ads uh, of all time. It was milk powder. Oh! oh. <laughs> So it was the aftermath of a cargo ship um, uh, striking an off a shore a reef. So yeah, a lot of them had been spilt, and this was yeah. Look, if, if it wasn't milk powder, they would have made sure that they collected them. Mm. The people who they belonged to. Yeah, there's been a lot of bombs. Like yeah, old Unex- World War. yeah, but unexploded bombs mm. that have ro- uh, washed ashore, and a lot of them are covered in different like barnacles. Mm. But they're like, you know, please don't like mines. Yeah, yeah, please yeah. don't go up and uh, have a look at it. There's hairballs, you know, those hairballs that you used to get, like round, and it looks like someone, like a cat, has coughed them up. Mm. There's a lot of them rock up, uh, rock up in Australia, and they're saying that after a lot of um, storms, mm. they can pick up from the bottom. Have you never seen them? No, before? never seen. It does look like a cat has. Yeah. Popped up a hairball, hasn't mm. it? Mm-hmm. Uh, one morning, a whole lot of people woke up in Greece, right? Beautiful mm. shoreline, if you can imagine. Beautiful oh, shoreline. And everyone was like, there's a st- stranded um, ship that was just there. And everyone's like, it wasn't there the night before. And it just rocked up and everyone's like, where did the ship come from? And it ends up that it was one of those, uh, well, it was for smuggling people. Oh. So it had been abandoned. Oh, so the people have just bailed off the ship. Mm. And they've left the ship there, and now people do tours of it. 
They do tours of the ship. Yeah, tours of the ship. Mm. The people who were on it come back and go, I remember when we came here illegally. <laughs> Just, uh, that was my spot. Slept my wallet. Yeah. Yeah, there is yeah, a shipwreck in uh, Fraser Island. Has anyone gone and seen that one? No, I've got oh, aware of it's, it. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So there's 23 like, wrecks that were recorded in the waters there, mm. um, and there's one of them that you can have a look at, which is pretty extraordinary. Mm. Actually, 8,000 if you include all the four-wheel drives that get stuck mm. in the water there as well. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Alpha box, that's worth 10 grand tomorrow. Uh, here are your answers to make it easier to win the money. Huh? I uh, threw mine in the bin. I got it, I got it, I got it. It's a little bit pad, too pad, early. Pad, 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 pad. Uh, lavender, license, and lumberjack. There you go. What would the question be for lumberjack? What did Dexter become at the end of the first season? <laughs> <laughs> that ended. Actually, it wasn't the first season. It was like... It was the way the show ended. Yeah, yeah. how, how did they end? Season, eight season, yeah, eight. something yeah. like that. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Andrew Winter. Will she sell? Only time will tell. Selling Houses Australia. Selling Houses Australia. It's back tonight. Foxtel. Um, you can also watch it on Lifestyle or Demand. Hello, Andrew Winter. Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you too. Good morning. Oh, Winty, it's good to have you back. It's been too long. <laughs> yeah, it has been quite a long time. There was, the, um, oh, what was it, that that co- 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 COVID, something Some, like that, sort something. of messed it all up for us. Mm-hmm. We're going to say cocaine binge for a second there, Andrew. <laughs> well, COVID's oh, really oh, affected. That was obviously during the period. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did go to the Logies. We saw you there that year. You were nominated. Hey, you got to be careful of that oh, place. Oh, that, that, was, that was many years ago. That was the year I was at NNW, nominee, not winner. Oh, yeah. bitter. Not yes. bitter. Not mm. bitter at all. Well, at least uh, real estate hasn't been affected by COVID as much now. Okay. Yeah. You know all these property experts, including me, you know these ones with all the stats and data, reckon they can predict everything and predict the future. None of us got that one, did we? <laughs> Not one. <laughs> got to go with your gut, Andrew. <laughs> Well, yeah, because it all started. It all started looking like it was going to be doom and gloom for for lots of um, reasons, and then of course it just seemed to go the absolute opposite way. And mm. and we followed a lot of other. Um, the UK market was in sync as well. It was the same thing. It sort of everyone thought that's it. It's over. Nothing's going to happen. And I didn't think it was going to collapse because it made no sense. I thought it was just going to stagnate um, and then pick up once it was all over. But of course wasn't really the case, was it? Well, I think it's because everyone's gone, you're staying at home more. All of a sudden you started to look at things and go, I don't like that, or this is too small, or Mm. let's change that, or you really became happy with staying home, where before we used to be a country that would be like, oh, God, let's go overseas, let's go interstate, where your home became, I want it to be my palace. And, of course, Brisbane's... um Poor Brisbane hasn't had a real property, let's be honest, real property inflation for many, many, many years. And um, sorry if you're a first home buyer now, um, but mm-hmm. it, it has right now. Have you ever had a house that someone's wanted your help selling yep. and in your heart of hearts, you know it's worth just flicking a match on? Like, can how oh, do you yes. have that conversation oh. with someone where they're like, oh, no, this house is worth $6 million? It's one of my most favourite pastimes. <laughs> <laughs> I love nothing more than a disillusioned um, seller. Um, although, as when I was a practicing real estate agent, that was a very different thing because, of course, you have to be, or I was always a little bit probably too honest, um, combined with also trying to secure the listing, which, which mm. was a bit of a, a conflict, really. Mm. Um, and then when the show started all those years ago and somebody said, Could, would you like to be honest with the homeowners? Oh, good. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I've spent 
<laughs> spent many years not being or, or sort of skirting around the fact that oh yes it's, it's joy but but you know what it, of course it's critical um but it's only done for a reason if they're not selling their house or need to sell their house you can do whatever you like you can have a purple kitchen you don't need to clean yeah. it for two years it's it's you know it, it, there's there's nothing well, here's, can I take you back to your real estate agent days then when you were trying to get the listings? Um, mm. Use your marketing words that you would use to people coming into these houses. So if you came in and let's just say there had been a fire in the kitchen and yes. uh, the kitchen hadn't been fixed, what would you put on the listing to make that? You know how they always roll the turd in a bit of glitter? <laughs> like what, what words would you use there? Potential. <laughs> It's so, um, it's so yeah, easy, yeah. and a chance, and a chance to make your own mark, and a chance to design your own kitchen, mm-hmm. and um, oh, yeah, look, there's, there's always what there, what there actually isn't. Of course, we can't say this on selling houses because obviously we wouldn't have a show. Yeah. But the, the truth of it is, behind it, there is no such thing anywhere um, as an unsellable property because you just drop the price. Yeah, yeah. I, right. I have I have sold in my years in UK real estate. I did actually sell a most beautiful. 17th century country manor house on acreage for one pound what and that was because well because it was heritage listed and uh, at the time uh, and in such bad condition that the costs of complying with the renovation cost to code would exceed the value of the property because it was on a main road mm. um however somebody took the punt and they made an absolute fortune on it because the market just rocketed after that because there's a place yeah. in brisbane there's a pub that i drive past all the time i think it's the broadway it, hotel yeah near the gabba and i just think of that every time because i'm like why can't someone renovate it because it's you know heritage listing mm. you need to do it and it's a fortune that no one's taking it on board so it just sits there and, and that that however i'm i'm the i think there should be more listing heritage listing i'm i'm a i love it's important to preserve a little bit of history of of any town or of any um suburb just because it, ha- it tells the story of how it evolved. Mm. So the trouble with our lovely um, passion of, of knocking everything down is that you could end up with a street by within, you know, that started in, let's say, in the 1920s. And by the 2040s, there actually is not a single dwelling left mm. of the original um, an example. And I suppose that, that how do you manage that? Because, you know, do you want to be the person that gets the heritage listing slapped on you and then you can't extend or knock down or, or whatever. But there are ways of, you know, keeping the original cottage on site and building the new at the back. Yeah. And after, you know, there, there are ways around things. But, um, yeah, it can be very tricky. And that's probably why no one's bought that pub you're talking about. Yeah, well, if that's the case, why don't all four of us um, split it and we can buy it? What do you reckon? I'm not allowed to go I back reckon there. let's do it. Uh, <laughs> you got kicked out? Got kicked many times. It was my local. <laughs> Shut down because they didn't have the money away. coming right, in. Right, right. Yeah. Speaking of evolving, though, Winty, uh, you are playing in a different sandbox this season. We've got uh, two new additions. Obviously, um, Shana and Charlie are gone. How are the yes. new guys settling in? Oh, they're okay. I mean, look, to be honest, they're a lot cheaper, um, <laughs> a lot easier to mould, didn't give me lip. <laughs> Um, it's joy, really. I mean, um, you know, both of them are quite nice people, I suppose. I've barely met them. Well, <laughs> let me tell you that. Like, we'll tell you another story. Okay. Um, Wendy and Dennis, I knew Wendy through the channel, you know, um, I've met her on a number of occasions. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Dennis, um, never, never met him. Right. And um, within the first six months of the shooting of um, season 14 that's going to air this week, 
we of course had COVID lockdown and Dennis and I were stuck down in Sydney for five and a half months. Mm. I mean, obviously the backpackers they put us in meant we were in very close quarters. <laughs> yeah. Of course, we all had to work in bubbles. Mm. So the only real people we could see <laughs> were each other and colleagues and things like that. So whereas it would normally, the amount of time that the three of us have spent together would normally probably take a decade for work colleagues to have that much, have yeah, that yeah. much time. Yeah, it's really nice to just just work with fresh colleagues who have a different different view of things. Mm. I can hear you trying to get away from the dog, aren't you? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Bloody animals. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Andrew, I wanted to ask, do you think... It, I mean, you do hear about the high housing crisis, you know, that it's hard yeah. for first-timers um, to get... A, their foot in the door and yes. it, re- it really is do you think there's something to be said more these days about buying where you can afford and then renting where you want to live right that's called rent vesting mm-hmm. i think it's a lot of options for a lot of youngsters that if they let's say they're um, I, I possibly wouldn't put brisbane in that category although it's beginning to get like that but let's say they, they uh, they're working and they're renting in the big city and they love it and it's great and they want to buy a house you know within a couple of k's of it because that's where their life and lifestyle is and you can't, then yeah, sure, just go to somewhere you can afford. My tip is generally, though, somewhere that's not so far flung or irrelevant to your life that maybe, maybe at some point you can potentially see yourself living there. Because if you sort of align yourself to a particular market with your first purchase, that means that's the kind of price band you're in. So if, for example, you bought... I don't know, in, a, in an area 50Ks out of the big city, but you could potentially commute a couple of times a week or start to get work more in that immediate area. When you come to sell your first home, you'll be able to afford to trade up within that market. Mm. Yeah. Whereas, and so th- that's the other thing. So it, it's all great rent investing. You know, perhaps you're Brisbane, you just, you just find that there's a, I don't know, a country town in Western Australia or somewhere like that that was really appealing for a variety of reasons and you decide to go with that. But then the, the problem with that is that you may never live there. Well, I mean, let's face it, the Premier may never let you in anyway. So <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I'm saying nothing. Yeah, it, it's, it's, a good, it's a good concept, but I would argue that South East Queensland, yeah, don't have to go far to find still, even now, affordable accommodation. What a first-time buyer might not be able to afford is a four-bedroom, two-bathroom, two-car garage house with a pool with their first purchase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Guess, I mean, my first home that I bought in the UK, you know, as a well, as an 18-year-old, um, I had to get a dodgy mortgage, but we won't go into that, was a 30-year-old townhouse that was disgusting. I mean, vile and feral. And it was the one I was showing lots of buyers at the time that we used to use to make them think everything else was lovely. <laughs> So you take him there. It, it, it was property bait, and the poor seller was so desperate to sell it. So, and that was the start in my property owning career. Mm. And, and and it's really, it is, it is. I and also it was in an area that my parents went, "Oh, you want to live there? Do you?" I said, "No, I don't want to live there." Yeah, but I'll live there for a year, tidy the house up, and flip flip it on. Yeah. Um, and and that's really what happened. So I think it, you know, in Southeast Queensland, the first home buyers are, are are quite lucky. They don't have to go very far out. Um, to to get really, really good value. It might not be in the best street. It might not be the best building. It might not be big enough. But, you know, there are lots of options out there for them. Well, Selling Houses Australia is uh, back on Foxtel on the Lifestyle Channel, and, of course, you can watch it on demand. Um, A great show. It's been on for many, many seasons. We appreciate you coming on this morning. Great to talk to you. It's been great to speak to you. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Radioactive, radioactive. 
After 10 weeks of non-stop training, Stab Davidson is going in his first charity boxing match, and we are proud of you, sir. Thank you. You are one fit machine. Thank you. And one man that has uh, has been responsible for getting you Very there much, is Connor from Fortitude Boxing, because the fight for a cause is happening on Saturday night. Connor, first things first, is it true that you won against Connor McGregor? <laughs> Oh, that was a, it was a, just a sparring session that you don't want to say if I won or lost, but it was a good opportunity for me and um, good exposure, you know? Yeah. See, all you need to do is say, I fought Conor McGregor and I'm alive to tell the tale. Just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Well, that's what, that's or just all like, the, I didn't lose. That was all the whispers <laughs> at the thing. Like, you know he's fought Conor McGregor. Really? <laughs> 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 now, let's talk about Stav. Are you impressed with his effort? Yeah, Stav has shown massive, um, a massive effort since since he started the program. I don't think he's hardly missed a session since since the full ten weeks. You know, I haven't missed one. Yep. Um, yeah, so that, that's a massive, massive thing in itself. But how am I doing? Well, when you come in for your first session, I was like, oh. It's going to be a long 10 weeks. <laughs> it was. It was. Why? Why, why did you think that? Oh uh, well. There's, you get all different levels and stuff uh, in the program, and you see all shapes, all sizes, everything, you know. But um, obviously, some people are coming in with a little bit of experience, some people with no experience. But the best, you'd rather teach someone who has never boxed before so there's no bad habits, you know? Mm. Yeah, right. Mm. Was it, I mean, I did hear some whispers when we were there when he just started that um, you weren't impressed with his level of coordination. <laughs> Um, that he had long limbs and you thought it was going to be uh, great, but unfortunately he wasn't able to use them to the full potential. Would that be true uh-huh. and how it's changed? Oh, well, yes, I suppose a little bit would, that, a little bit would be true, but um, with the hard work that he's put in, you can the, the, the progression he has made over 10 weeks has been absolutely massive. Mm. Well, any baby giraffe when they first come out is a bit wobbly on their <laughs> feet. Exactly. And then, and then <laughs> next thing you know, they're running away from a lion and surviving that takedown. Um, fitness has been something we, we've watched you work really hard on too, Stav. Mm. You've done an amazing job at that. Um, how do you think he's going to go in the matchup against Will? Because um, Will is t- 20 years? 24 yep. years old, so he's 20 years younger 20 than 20 years younger yeah. than Stav. Yeah. See, as, his, um, as his coach, what do you think about the matchup? I think it's a really good matchup. The guys um, are around... They're, they're, around the same level mm. um, Will has trained very hard as well um, and I think Stav's resilience of the, being there for the full 10 weeks and not missing a session will, will pay off on the night you know mm. yeah and uh, your Will might go out the night before you know, he does yeah. find it hard to stop going out. Connor, when they're fine. In, I'll yeah. buy him a drink. <laughs> when you, because you're there as well, because I went last year and I could see that in between the rounds, because there's three rounds of two minutes, mm. and you sort of chat to them and they're in their corner. What sort of things do you say? So, as a coach, we'd be looking for the weaknesses of the other opponent. So, trying to work on, say, so if I, for example, if I'm in Stav's corner, we'll be trying to work Stav's strength and trying to pick. Um, Will's weaknesses, you know what I mean? Mm. So, like, I'll be watching if he's dropping his left hand or if he's moving back in a straight line. I'll be telling Stav what, like, a small small things that he can take on board, which will be effective in trying to get him to win. And yours right. is the only voice I will be listening to, Connor. No one else is. Ex- exactly. Now you I'll get be... all the experts outside mm. of the ring full of vodka, gin, whatever. <laughs> that will be me. I'll be screaming loud. I thought it might just be like, come on, mate, just... 
you know, one, pretend you've only got go. two more minutes. Like, <laughs> occasionally, come on. occasionally. I'd like to say thank you, though, Connor, and to all the boys there. You've all done an amazing job, and it's been actually a, a, a privilege to be um, coached by you guys because you're all, like, world-quality boxers as well, and you, you, I hats off to you guys doing what you do because 12 rounds, man, I don't know how you do it. Yeah, yeah. no, it was a pleasure. It's a great program, and um, a lot of, you meet a lot of great friends um, through the program, and, and everyone pulls together, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's been good. If there is a cut... Will you just pack it with Vaseline and say, get out there, big fella? Or what, what happens there? Well, depending on the se- severity of the cut, but we'll try our best to try and manage it as best we can. Mm. But uh, again, it comes down to the ringside doctor. Um, they mm. might step in and say that he's not able to continue, and then um, we take it from there, you know. But as we, we'll be wanting the fight to go the full three rounds, or yeah. if not, if, if Stav. Maybe get them with a big shot and knock them out. That's another thing. Yeah, well, first three seconds, you might smash yeah. him down. Or vice versa. But I, I have boxed with a blood nose a couple of times, and they keep going. There's stuff you have. Is blood down. Well, you'll have um, tests and stuff to make sure you're okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So he's clean. You, pa- you passed, right? You're, you're clean? I haven't heard back yet. It's yeah, taking okay. a bit longer. He okay. sent them to me to translate them. He goes, I thought you'd be able to read them more. I'm like, you can pretty sure you can read negative, right? <laughs> positive, positive, <laughs> positive. <laughs> Good Thank on you, Connor. Connor. Thanks for your Thank time, you, mate. Connor. Yeah, no worries. All the best. All righty. Small Steps for Hannah is uh, where all the money's going to for the ticket sales. Go to fightforacause.com.au. Ticket sales close midday today. There is a couple left. Get in there. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. You guys are getting so knowledgeable. Mm. We thought, why don't we just make it a little bit harder for news from around the world? This is when we play a little bit of a news story, and you've really got to be across the news this week okay. to be able to get these, because I know that you guys will listen and you try and hear a celebrity. Yeah, or yeah. a word, any English any, word. Any word, but that's yeah. not how it always works. Okay. Um, yeah. so we're going to guess the language Yep. Um, and the news story Yes. at which they're talking about. Yeah, mm. just be creative this time, okay? Okay. <laughs> All right, so you're saying that these are impossible to get? Mm. No, not for educated Will people. Sm- Will Smith will be one of them. The slap will be one of them for sure. Okay. That was the only news this week. Oh, really? Well, let's try this. O preço médio da gasolina comum no país chegou a 5,99 agora no fim de agosto, conforme os dados mais recentes da Agência Nacional do Petróleo, ANP. Okay, I know the story. I'm not entirely sure of the language, but I would say, like, Italian? Or saying... Just hear it one more Portuguese-y time. Portuguese sort of vibe in there. O preço médio da gasolina comum no país chegou a 5,99 agora no fim de agosto, conforme os dados mais recentes da Agência Nacional do Petróleo, ANP. I know the story. Yeah, yep. you got it. It is about the petrol prices and what is happening with the petrol around the world. In what language? Hmm. <sighs> Back yourself in, mate. Damn it. Not always, just this time. They're very close. They're very close. They are. Okay, next one. All right. Encanto se convirtió en Oscar a la mejor película de animación en eso seguro que ayudó su música. 
That, is that that's about the slap? I think the Will Smith slap. I think they're throwing a curveball because I think it's about the Oscars, but I don't know if it's about the slap. I heard music at the end, yeah. which may mean it could have been about Beyonce's um, performance mm, where she ball. dressed as a tennis ball. Mm. Um, one more time. Encanto se convirtió en Oscar a la mejor película de animación en eso seguro que ayudó su música. Well, this is we tricky don't, because we, we don't, don't talk, talk about, about it. it. We don't talk about it, do we? No, which is? It's not even the best song in that movie, <laughs> okay. to be fair. But... Surface Pressure is a banger. Uh, it's about Encanto winning um, best uh, music. Yes, and in what language? <sighs> Italian. Spanish. Yeah. Yes, well done, guys. Boom, baby. That's impressive. Do you know what? Right now, you would have had all of them right if you'd gone with Portuguese, like you said right at the start. Sorry, Manny. It's all right, man. It's all right. I'll we just... haven't played this language before. Okay. Oh, okay. English. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Een nieuwe Zuid-Afrikaanse record is opgesteld voor die zwaarste pampoen waar die skaal op een massieve 904,5 kilogram getrek het. Oh, that's like... You would have had to click on the other stories to be able to get this one. I mean, it was pretty good. I get excited by it. I love the soup. Getting a Middle Eastern vibe. Yeah, I was thinking like language. Um, yeah, like Arabic. Yeah. Or... Uh, one more time. Een nieuwe Zuid-Afrikaanse record is opgesteld voor die zwaarste pampoen waar die skaal op een massieve 904,5 kilogram getrek het. Oh, I got no idea what the something story is about. about. Something about a concert. Een nieuwe Zuid-Afrikaanse record is opgesteld voor die zwaarste pampoen waar die skaal op een massieve 904,5 kilogram getrek het. This is the first country when you hear it. What is the country that he says? Een nieuwe Zuid-Afrikaanse record is opgesteld voor die... I hear Oprah. I hear Estelle. <laughs> I, heard, I heard Oprah. Okay, you Oprah. don't. I'm, I don't want to tell you what you do, but you do not hear that. The new Zuid-Afrikaanse record is opgesteld for the zwaarste pampoen where the skaal op a massive 904,5 kilogram getrek het. Let's go with whatever they speak in Turkey. Like Turkish. Delight. <laughs> and I'm going to say it is... Um, about the Foo Fighters concert getting cancelled. Mm, it's about a giant pumpkin. Uh, the New <laughs> South African record set the heaviest pumpkin for 904, 904 kilograms. That's a big and pumpkin. the language is Afrikaan from, they speak Afrikaans. in South Africa. Oh. If you hear the start of it, he says, oh, South Africa. Ah, oh, right. Mm. Oh, South Africaans. Oh. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. If you do not know your star sign. Yeah, because I think even if you hate star signs, you've read your horoscope before and gone, that's not it. And I I mean, I'll go out on a limb and say that mostly guys wouldn't know their star sign or don't follow them. Or what do you say you don't follow them? No, I don't follow them. I don't follow them. You love being Um, a Leo, though. Yeah, well, uh, mainly because when I tell people I'm a Leo, everyone goes, oh, you're such a Leo. Yeah, so you like such your star sign, so you know what it is. But I always get fascinated that people have gone their whole life and never known what star sign they are. Mm. They're probably better off for it. Why? Because it, it's... It, it might explain something. It might. But you then know. you get labelled. You're like, oh, you would do that. such a Gemini thing to do. Yeah, that does happen too. Hey, why? Because I'm double-faced. See? Two-faced. Um, <laughs> the other thing you can do, though, is when you do follow them, is you can read the back of the paper, and if you like it, you go, yeah, that's good. Mm. And if you don't like what it says, you go, nah, I'm not. Have you ever read it? I've do. read a star sign before and go, oh, my God, that is so me! And I go, 
Oh, whoops, that's not mine. <laughs> oh, damn it. All right, Gene in Red Bank, you've gone your whole life and not known what star sign you are. Yes, that's correct. All right, you ready for this? This is going to change your life. What day, what day are you born? Um, on the 9th of October. 9th of October. Okay, cool. Uh, you are a Libra, sir. You hate being alone. Is that true? Yes, that's very true. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Conflict avoidant. You don't like those nasty conversations. Oh, no way. No. Mm. You're prone to fantasy. Doesn't say what type, so go you. And you can't make decisions. Um, no, I'm not going to. You made a decision to call up, so well done. Uh, famous celebrities that oh, are yeah. just like you are Kim Kardashian, Gwyneth Paltrow. He's very excited about he's that. Very excited. I think very he just wants to be on the radio. All right, yeah. here we go. Uh, Casey in Cleveland, morning. Oh, good morning. How are you? Good. Now, you're a female that doesn't know their star sign. What uh, date of birth? I'm the 23rd of October, so I don't know my star sign because I can't figure out what it is. Everything that I read is a Libra, and then I'll read something else, and it's a Scorpio. Oh, you're a cusper. Oh, you're a cusper. Well, that's because Scorpio starts on October the thir- uh, 23rd, and I always wondered this. I was like, what about if I had, like, a C-section or a planned mm. one? Have I changed their star sign? No, that's true, but you're still <laughs> born under that Born sign. under it, so yeah. it's whenever you came into the world. So a Scorpio, yeah. go with Scorpios. That's pretty cool. Apparently, it's supposed to be the sexiest star sign. So that that's you, right, I, Casey? I, like that. I just pick which one I like. So I'll read both. Okay. Whichever one I like, I'll pick that one. Perfect. Perfect. You're fearless, bold, passionate, creative, and fiercely loyal. I'll take that. So loyal. You're so secretive as well. Uh, I don't know about that one. Though. Okay. Oh, so you'll lie. So if one of your friends commits a murder, you won't dob them in. That's a good trait. Or to discreet, have, no, even secretive. I'd help them hide the body. There you go. Uh, well, yeah. you do have an air of mystery, so there you go. Where are the bodies? Because <laughs> <laughs> if you go the other way and you're a Libra, you lie, cheat, and steal. Uh, you love violence, and um, you're just a generally evil person. So I would stick with Scorpio. <laughs> Is that what it says? No, no. we just read out Libra, Libra before. <laughs> <Right>. That was. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's really nasty. Can't tell me what I am then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scorpio. But see, that's my problem with them: is there isn't one of that sign, and you meet people like that every day. Yeah, right. Yeah. There's right. Aquarius. You're very upfront. That's you, Steph. Yeah, that dress you're wearing you don't is terrible. Do, you don't do shenanigans or shady business. Well, no, that ain't true. do not. You're assertive <laughs> and Go quite independent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. I have to be somewhere on my own at 10. Brisbane wakes up with Staff Abby and Matt on B105.